Hola mi gente. The moment you've been waiting for is finally here. My brand new book, Financially Lit, is officially out. And I can't wait for you to get your copy. Inside this book, I'm bringing you culturally relevant and relatable personal finance advice that will allow you to finally feel seen, heard, and understood. Whether it's the guilt you feel from being the first person to make it while members of your family are still struggling, or the way that financial trauma manifests itself in negative and limiting beliefs around money, Financially Lit is here to guide you through it all. Just a few years ago, it was almost impossible to find personal finance books written for first-generation wealth-building Latinas. We have been forced to navigate the complicated world of money with a bunch of money books written by old white dudes who don't understand what it's like for us first-gen kids. But that stops right here, right now. Inside Financially Lit, you will learn how to set boundaries with your familia, with your dinero, create and pass on generational wealth, diversify and increase your income, protect yourself from financial abuse, navigate the complicated relationship between amor and dinero, invest like a white dude or better, and so much more. You can get your hard copy and audiobook version of Financially Lit at financiallylitbook.com and make sure to join our email list so you can find out when I'm stopping in a city near you for the Financially Lit book tour. See you soon. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Making the decision, I was okay with the financial independence journey taking longer because I realized by starting that it wasn't about the money anymore. Like, why are we all on this path to financial independence? It's because we want more options. We want security. We want time to do the things we love. You're listening to Yo Quiero Dinero, a personal finance podcast for the modern Latina. I'm your host, Janice Torres Rodriguez, personal finance expert, speaker, writer, and business coach. I teach women of color how to build wealth and gain financial independence through side hustles and investing. On this show, we're serving up POC-friendly personal finance knowledge, always with a side of sass. We're talking about how to make dinero, how to keep it, and how to make it grow. If you're ready to become poderosa with your dinero, you've come to the right place. Hola, mi gente. This is Janice, and you're listening to Yo Quiero Dinero podcast, a personal finance podcast for the modern Latina. I am so incredibly excited to have you here, and I know that this episode is going to be epic. The entire reason why I created this podcast is because of the woman that you're going to hear from today. Today on the podcast, we are hosting none other than Jamila Souffrant, creator and host of the Journey to Launch podcast. Jamila created this blog-turned-podcast as a way to document her journey to financial independence. She was pregnant with her first child, and after an excruciating four-hour commute on a particular day, she decided right then and there that she needed to figure out a way to retire early and buy back her freedom. In 2018, she found herself packing up her cubicle and heading out that office door for the very last time because she had finally achieved the financial freedom she needed to walk away from her 9-to-5 and go into full-time entrepreneurship. Two million downloads later, Jamila inspires listeners known as journeyers to eliminate debt, save money, and increase their net worth so that they can ultimately achieve financial independence and freedom. So the first time that I heard about financial independence, it was from literally like white guys. I had no reason to believe that this was something that I could also work on and achieve until I found Jamila's podcast. For the first time, I heard a woman of color talking about the concept of financial independence. And for me, that was literally the validation that I needed in order to start pursuing this myself. Jamila has done groundbreaking work in the way that she has provided access to the concepts of financial independence and freedom 
And she's really humble about the impact that her story has had on so many of us. So I am so grateful to be able to use this platform to shine a light on the really important and impactful work that Jamila is doing to make the financial independence space more diverse, more accessible, and one that makes us feel like we can do this too. So if you're excited about this episode, keep listening. Before we hop into today's conversation, I want to remind you to follow us on social. If you're loving this podcast and you want more community, you want to find out more about our events and all the stuff that we have going on behind the scenes, you can find us on Facebook, Twitter, TikTok, YouTube, Instagram, and everywhere else you love to hang out on the internet. If you're loving this podcast, please take a moment to leave us a review if you listen to us on Apple. It's the easiest way to share our podcast with people that you know and love, and it helps us get discovered by amazing listeners like you. So take a moment, leave us a review, share us with your friends and family, subscribe so that you never miss an episode, and make sure to check out our blog, YoQuieroDineroPodcast.com, where you can sign up for our email list and you'll never miss an episode. Plus, you get exclusive invitations to our live events, special discounts for our digital courses, and as always, our best personal finance tips and advice to help you be poderosa with your dinero. Thanks for listening. Now, let's get into the episode. Jamila, okay, first of all, I'm having a moment right now because honestly, like when I think about my own journey, pursuing financial independence, uh, becoming a podcaster, like you are at the forefront of all of it. Wow. So this is wild to meet you right now. <laughs> That's it. And it's kind of surreal. So first of all, thank you. Um, And it's surreal for me that like I am now like the person that people listen to that then helps them like get started and, you know, take the leap to create their own platforms because I was like you where like it was listening to other people and seeing like that it could be done that made me start my platform. So it's, it's really nice that I'm like seeing it like happen and you will be Janice. Like people are listening to you right now and they're like, I'm going to start a podcast because of Janice. Like, <laughs> thank you. I appreciate that. And you know, it's, it's funny that you mentioned like you seeing that it was possible for you. And I can honestly say that you are the first woman of color that I saw even talking about financial independence. Before that, it's just a bunch of white guys. And I was just like, okay, that's great. Yeah, they're going to go do that. But when I saw you talking about it, it was like, that is what switched in my brain that it was also possible for me. So I think the work that you do is just the, it's immeasurable the impact that you have. And I just want to say before we get into the interview, thank you for existing because <laughs> you are like inspiring people that you probably have no idea. Oh, well, thank you so much. I appreciate that, you know, you see, and it's helping everyone and helping you specifically. Absolutely. So, all right, let's hop into this because I have so many questions. Um, but first off, why don't you start off with introducing yourself? Sure. So I'm Jamila Souffrant of Journey to Launch. I have a Journey to Launch podcast and my platform is all about helping you journeyers. That's what I call anyone on the journey with me to reach financial independence and financial freedom. So breaking down like what seems to be impossible or overwhelming, you know, these terms, um, these concepts into something that is achievable and is doable. And, you know, my main goal is just to let people know that this exists and then helping them create that framework you know, getting, giving them the steps, giving them the inspiration, um, partly through what I, the content I create and partly through my own personal story that they can, they can do this too. Absolutely. That's awesome. Okay. So let's talk about your personal story and kind of what you learned about when it comes to money growing up. What were the main lessons that you learned at, because you are the daughter of an immigrant, right? Yes. Yeah. So, I mean, I'm also, I was born in Jamaica, you know, the island, not Queens, nothing wrong with Queens, you know, but uh, Jamaica, you know, and so my mom, um, you know, grew up in Jamaica most of her life, had me at a young age. I can't even imagine because I'm a mom now. And she was only 19 when she got pregnant with me, 20 when she gave birth. You know, so I was raised by her, but I was actually in Jamaica. She had to come to America on her own, leave me behind to kind of establish herself. But I can't imagine like her coming to a country she never been to before. No friends. She did have family here, but um, and making it like this. And then I eventually did get to join her um, when I was a little under two years old. But also like her having to leave me behind for that long as like a baby I just can't imagine. So yes, I'm a daughter, a proud daughter of an immigrant, um, single mom who really showed me through her hard work, as long as my grandmother, um, so my grandmother came up here too, what could be possible. And so I think even though they never sat me down, like most parents, like they were working, they had to like provide. So 
you know, there were no specific money conversations, but I will say this, that they were big on saving. So that is something I did pick up and I'm very grateful for because one thing they always said, you know, even if you bring in a dollar in, make sure you're saving five cents or as much as possible. So I've always had that mentality that I'm going to make money stretch. And so that's kind of like what I did and one of the base levels of how I kind of live now. Okay. So yeah, so let's talk about that. So what was your money relationship like before you found out about financial independence? Like what were you focusing on at that point? Yeah, you know, so I've always been very ambitious and a hard worker. So I got my first job at 14 years old and I have been working ever since. And I always knew that I wanted to be, I would say a millionaire. That was like before I knew what a million dollars really meant. Like I wanted to be rich. I always knew that I wanted to work for myself. So I did, but I didn't know how to connect my dreams with like the money that I'd need to create those dreams. So while I had these like big goals um, and I was able to do some like good, really great things with my money in my early 20s. So I bought my first condo out of college, partly because of my grandmother seeing her own something herself and me realizing that I wanted to own something. And then the timing was really great. And so things like that that I did was great for my finances then and for now. Like, you know, that's a, a condo I still own and rent out. But otherwise, I wasn't really that intentional. Because I didn't know how I would be able to make my dreams of not working for anyone else and being free a reality. So in my 20s, after like I started working full time in my corporate job, I was earning good money for my age. I tried different things. So I was like, I'm not going to work for anyone past 30. And I was like, so to do that, I have to either like create some big business. I thought winning the lottery. I mean, I never played the lottery, but I was like, how am I, how is that going to be true? So I started to try these things. So I, I had an online magazine at one point. I was like, I'm going to be the next like Essence magazine. Like that was like, okay, then I can quit my job. That didn't really pan out. My partner and I got over like my my friend that I started with it. We got like over it like <laughs> after like two years. Um, I thought maybe real estate would be it. Like I was like, I'm going to get my real estate sales license and sell real estate. Tried that and I didn't like it. I was like, okay, I'm not going to do that. I was like, okay, vending machines. That's it. I'll do vending machines. So I bought a couple of vending machines tried that, didn't like it. And so I tried all these things and I'm just like, how am I going to earn enough money so that I quit this job? Like I don't see a way out. And so I really resigned myself to just working like everybody else. I'm like, Jamila, you, you have all these crazy dreams. Everyone around you works until they can't anymore. Um, not everyone's happy. Why do you think you deserve to be happy every day of your life? And so I kind of just pushed them down to the side and just went on with life, you know, earning as I went along climbing the corporate ladder. And then my realization or wake up call was being pregnant um, on a commute from Brooklyn to New Jersey and realizing like, uh-uh, I don't want to do this for the rest of my life. And that's what prompted me to Google and search retiring, quitting early. And I found out about financial independence then. Got it. Okay. Yeah. I think um, <laughs> I, I love your story of just like by any means necessary. And I think that is like such a signature of like communities of color. Like we just got that hustler spirit. Like we're going to figure it out. Yes. Regardless of like what we got to do. And so I can totally relate to that so much. I love that. Okay. So you get pregnant with your first child and your commute was how long? So on an average day, it was like hour to hour and a half one way driving, which was okay. Like, it, you know, it wasn't as bad without being pregnant and without kids. Cause you know, if I got home at 7 PM being on the road for an hour and a half, I'm just like, whatever, you know, it's just me and my uh, fiance at the time, husband, as I, you know, we got married. But then that day that I was pregnant, it took like a three or four hours to get home. Like all the traffic, everything that could go wrong with the traffic that day went wrong. <laughs> and so I was just like, oh no. Like, and I was already like, you know, I was, I was, I forgot how far along I was, but it was like that moment that I realized, and I wanted more kids and I'm like, I can't do this for the rest of my life. And then once the kid is here, how am I ever going to see them if I'm getting home at seven, leaving at six? I was like, this can't be it. And so that's kind of what really set me off. Right. Okay. So you start forming your exit strategy. So what did that look like? So, you know what? So I started to Google, uh, these catchphrases about, quitting jobs and finding financial independence, found out podcasts. So podcasts and blogs talking about this started to listen. So it wasn't right away, even though I found out about financial independence when I was about, I think like I was like 31 or 32. It's not like I right away had a plan. It wasn't, I would say until like around 33. So that's when I started Journey to Launch. 
I was like, I'm going to figure out a way that I can quit my job and retire early from corporate America by 40. So I had like the seven year plan that I was going to keep working. Um, and I was earning six figures by then. It was, you know, it, and my job was really like, I'll say this, like, I'm, I'm very grateful for the company that I worked for and the opportunities that it provided me. And so I said, okay, I'll just keep working. I'll save. My husband is working too. He's a teacher in New York City. And we'll just aggressively save and invest and pay off the mortgage. Because my biggest thing was I want to get the mortgage paid off, like lower our expenses and have enough saved so that I can quit. And then as I started to do Journey to Launch more and more, and I had more kids, um, I was like, ooh, I don't think I can juggle all this. Like, I don't think it's worth it to wait seven years or at the time five to work my full-time job, commute, because the commute was still the commute, be a mom, wife, and run Journey to Launch. Like, I was like, I can't do this for seven more years. So something has to give. And um, that's when I kind of came up to the realization that I was going to take full jump into entrepreneurship. Okay, so let's talk about what you initially did to start pursuing FIRE from a monetary strategic standpoint. What was the initial steps that you and your husband took as far as like investing in savings to kind of accelerate that that journey? Great question. So when I first came home and told him about it, he was looking at me like, what are you talking about? Like, <laughs> who does this? Like, what? Here you go again, Jamila, with all your like <laughs> ideas. And but I was telling him, like, look, there are people who are saving, you know, their money, half of what they're earning. And we together made a good salary, you know, a good we brought in a good amount of income, but we weren't intentional about how we spent it. Kind of like, you know, we weren't over spenders or spent that much, but you know, he had like a, like we had luxury cars and he had a lease that was very expensive. And, you know, we go out, we didn't have a budget when we went to eat. And so I was like, I think if we change these things, like, and we are more intentional, we can save a lot more. And because he's a teacher, so this was really helpful for us, me learning about um, 457 plans. So as, you know, a teacher, uh, he had the option of saving in not just like his um, 403B plan, but his 457 plan. So he had access to two pre-tax retirement accounts that he could max out. And I had a 401k that I can max out. And so if you max out in a time, I think it was like 18,000 um, per account. And so just maxing those three accounts out without taking into account the ROTS and the backdoor ROTS that we did was a lot of money, right? 18 times three. I don't know. You do the- 54. <laughs> 54,000, right? And so I said, like, if we just even if we saved 54,000 in pre tax accounts for the next seven years, like, this is how much we can have. So part of it, one, was getting like introducing it to him because it wasn't just me, but then using the tax advantage accounts that we had, um, learning these strategies from other people to save and invest as much as possible. Um, and so figuring that out and how it would impact our take home pay and our lifestyle was important. And getting him on board to that. So my biggest thing was how can we max these things out but still live comfortable? You know, we may not be able to take the best trips and first class anywhere and, you know, downsize or I don't want to say downgrade, but get more economical cars. But what does that look like? So we had to, like, do those trade-offs and use a budget. But the mindset was the biggest shift of not just saving what was left over right? Saving and investing became a priority. So I was like, we are going to max everything out and what is left, we'll live on, right? And we'll figure it out from there. And that's kind of like what we did for then the two years after that I came and brought the idea to him. Okay. And what were you guys able to accomplish in those two years as far as your savings and investing, like the numbers around it? Yeah. So in those two years that we were intentional and maxing everything out, we um, saved and invested $169,000. So... I always like to say, you know, that is obviously a function of our income because I don't want people to be like, all right, like that's, it's a function of our income. So I don't expect that everyone can do that. There are people who could do more than that <laughs> based on their income. But we also at the time, so we had paid off our debt. So that's another important thing to note that we didn't have consumer debt when we started in this, this saving and investing. We had paid off our student loans um, by then. Um, but really, a lot of that, the majority of that was in our pre-tax retirement accounts, backdoor Roth IRAs, and then we did some taxable investing. And I did include our additional mortgage payments at that time in that number. So we, for those two years that we went in, we went in and it was great. 
Okay. That's amazing. So you come to this point where you're just like, okay, I am doing the most and something's got to give. So you decide that you're ready to walk away from your corporate job. Now, are you, you were the higher income earner at the time in your household, right? Yeah. So, you know, he does well for being a teacher. Like he has his master's and a bunch of certificates and he does like you know, coaches and he supplements his income. But my job, you know, technically, like, because I worked in corporate America, I got bonuses. It was that kind of a trajectory where I had the ability to earn more over time. So when I got, and you know, really what, what it was is when I got pregnant, it was like with my third child by then, I said to myself, there's no way I can do all of these things. And so the conversation started to, you know, happen where I was just like, what would it look like if I quit my job? to pursue journey to launch as a business a legit business that earns money full time what does how does that change our <laughs> our life and um the trajectory of financial independence yeah okay so there's people that do like mini retirements to kind of try to test out fire before they like jump on the deep end of the pool did you do that or were you just like yeah we're going to figure this out no so you know i I, so what happens and what I love about attempting financial independence, and this is why I tell everyone, just start because it is a lofty goal, right? And I can see why people, if they don't know, or if, depending on who they're hearing it from, it seems like this is impossible. Like who wants to do this and how can it be done? But I didn't know um, exactly how my journey would unfold. Like when I started Journey to Launch, it was literally at first just to chronicle what I was going to do to reach financial independence. Then it turned into this way in which more people wanted to learn about how to do it. I was able to create the podcast and I saw that it was having such an impact. And so I, when I decided that I was going to quit, um, I knew that this could either delay reaching financial independence, meaning I'm not earning as much. Like So when I decided to like, look into quitting. It's not like Journey Salons was earning a lot of money or even close to what my job was bringing in. So I had to figure out, okay, this will really be like a pause on investing and saving to take this leap. And so we did like plan that out. Like if we can't save and invest for the next two to four years, because I decided to do this, how does this impact our journey? So it can delay it, meaning we're not going to reach, you know, our goals that we set to reach by 40 um, or it can accelerate it. Like let's say best case scenario, there's all these opportunities and things that come from Journey to Launch that I earn more than I ever could imagine and am able to do it, right? So making the decision, I was okay with the financial independence journey taking longer because I realized by starting that it wasn't about the money anymore. Like, why are we all on this path to financial independence? It's because we want more options. We want security. We want time to do the things we love. And so I realized that, you know, while entrepreneurship is not for the faint of heart, like full time <laughs> entrepreneurship, and you really, for me, at least have to prepare so you're not worried so much about paying bills, is that what, how could I reap the benefits of independence now without the money in the bank? And I realized that I had some of that, like by being able to be at home with three kids, you know, they're in school. So I'm not like watching, well, the pandemic changed a lot of things, but <laughs> I was able to do the things that I thought I'd want to do in financial independence, like now. Yeah, the money's not there just yet, but that was then it switched just like my goals. And I was like, you know, honestly, if this takes me longer, if I have to work until I'm 65, but I get to choose what I'm doing, that works too than working for somewhere or something that's not really fulfilling. So I just feel like it just shifted what really mattered for me. And I think that happens for a lot of people. Like you start to realize, you know, yes, the money is important, but we don't want to put ourselves on a treadmill for financial independence. That's just like a job where we're doing things we don't want to do. We're miserable for the entire time because we're just trying to save and invest money. And so that's kind of like that realization for me where it's just like, you know what? It doesn't matter if it takes me longer. I'm going to take this leap because I would regret this if I didn't. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I love that concept of like designing your life to phi versus having this like treadmill hamster wheel. I got to go ham until like. I can be happy. Someone who I love in the financial independence space that talks about this a lot is the pioneers. They talk about this concept of like slow fi and like making intentional decisions around how you get to fire so that it's not this excruciating process. Because I mean, yeah, you're right. This, this shit is like, it's hard. If it wasn't, everybody would be doing it, right? So I love that you talk about that because I think so many people have this concept of fire that it's just like, okay, I'm going to live on rice and beans and like, move into my mom's basement for 10 years, and then I can be happy. And it's like, no, that's not the only option. Right. And I don't think, and for some people, they actually enjoy like that. 
the rice and beans and spending only $10,000, you know, nothing wrong with rice and beans, but you know, only spending $10,000, like very frugal, but that excites them, right? Like finding that, like only spending a hundred dollars for the month is like, woo, like it's like they won at life. And I'm like, yes, but that's like, that's not me. And so I think that's why this is a really personal journey and it's going to be different for everyone depending on their starting point. Personal finance in general, a lot of it talks to a bit of privilege because, you know, there's some people just trying to get by. And I feel like our, like my mom and our, my parents' parents, they weren't, they didn't have time to like, they didn't have extras to be investing and saving the way that maybe people who have like these secure jobs can. And so- I do recognize that, but I also recognize my own like privilege of, you know, I have brothers and sisters that were born in Jamaica and still live in Jamaica and they didn't have the same opportunities. And I know friends that didn't end up earning as much as me. Right. And not to say I didn't have, like, I didn't work to be able to do deserve quote unquote, but some of this is based on the, the toolkit that you have and the opportunities that you were provided and how you capitalized on that. And so I always just want to like be clear with people that. My business used to be weighed down by the complexities of in-person payments. Then, Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe came along and changed everything. With Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe, I streamlined my payment process effortlessly. Now I can accept in-person, contactless payments right from my iPhone. No extra hardware required. What's truly remarkable is how I can cater to all of my customers' payment preferences. Whether they're using cards... Apple Pay, or other digital wallets, tap to pay on iPhone and Stripe ensure a smooth checkout experience every time. And it's not just me. Stripe helps businesses of all sizes, from local markets to global retailers, scale quickly and stay agile. To learn how tap to pay on iPhone and Stripe can help grow your revenue and reach, visit stripe.com slash tap iPhone. Selling a little or a lot. Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online store shop phase to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system, wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout, 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. What I love about Shopify is how no matter how big you want to grow, Shopify gives you everything you need to take control and take your business to the next level. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash dinero, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash dinero now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash dinero. Everyone's journey is different depending on their starting point, right? So you may be listening to this and you're just like, all right, one day I want to be able to save and invest that much. But right now I'm focusing on debt. And that's okay. And it's going to look different. And I think sometimes in the fire space or just in personal finance, um, not everyone can be at the same intensity level, can do it as fast. And that's okay. That's why we need to focus more on the quality of life and a more balanced approach. Um, because this is a marathon. It's not a sprint. Yeah, absolutely. Such a good point. Okay. So I can imagine that it feels scary AF to like walk away from a career that you've built and six figure income to pursue entrepreneurship. I'm still in that like getting past the mindset shift that is required to do that. Um, I see the numbers. It makes sense in my brain, but not on an emotional level. Right. So like, how do you get past those fears to actually take this leap? Oh my gosh. So know thyself is really important. And sometimes you don't even know it until you take the leap. One of the things that we had to do, so, you know, we have three kids, we live in New York City in a mortgage, and my husband is a teacher. So uh, quitting my job basically, like, took away more than half of our income as a household. 
So we had to be um like we had to save and my again journey to launch wasn't earning enough money. My biggest thing was at least it could cover expenses. So my expenses are higher now because I'm doing a lot more, but back then they were lower enough where um whatever was coming in at least could cover the expenses. So that journey to launch wasn't taking away from the household income, but that you know if it was earning $200 from something, that was the expenses, right? But it was really also important that we saved enough to supplement my husband's income because it wasn't going to be earning money. And I, you know, I didn't expect that it would for like a year or two. So I had, you know, had to be really um, just clear in those expectations and save. So when I found out I was pregnant, instead of saving and investing to all those retirement accounts, the strategy had to shift into saving in our FU account, like that FU money that would cover the expenses of the household, right? So we could have a roof over our head. And so we aggressively started saving and had a good cash reserve where it would probably take like two years. Like if Journey to Launch didn't earn any money, it would take two years to run out. So, you know, we we living on my husband's income and then pulling money out of the savings account. So that was the plan. Um, but, you know, and the money is there, but it still was scary now when I quit my job, pulling money, being so used to seeing money grow and saving and investing. And now it's to the point where every month I'm pulling out thousands of dollars so we can live. That definitely was a, like, it was hard because I'm just like, did I make the right decision? Because what if I never, what if this doesn't take off? And in two years, like it's down to zero and now I have to go back to work. But I also knew that going back to work wouldn't be the end of the world, right? Like I should be able to get another job somewhere, (laughs) but it was more also failing. So I think the other thing is like, I'm making an announcement. I'm leaving my job. And then in two years being like, okay, it didn't work. I have to go back to work. So I felt like not only I'd be like letting myself down, but then all the people who were rooting for me to make like, they're like, Chibila, you got to make this work. Cause like, if you do it, we could do it. Like, so I had all these thoughts, like, what if this does not work? And they happened a lot, especially in like the first year, especially when Journey to Launch wasn't earning um, a lot of money and I wasn't able to pay myself, but I really just stuck with it. Um, I focused on impact and still creating just good content. And again, I had to realize like, you know what? You save this money for this reason. Yes, it hurts to see the money deplete, but it's for a reason. And you are like investing in your business in terms of, you know, taking courses, understanding, working on your mindset so that you can implement things that will eventually earn you money. And so, you know, that started to happen. And now I feel much more relaxed about it, but there's still like, okay, um, I talked about this in one of my episodes, like last year was a really good year in terms of income for journey to launch, but now like new level, new devil. Now I'm like, can I do that again? And can it be sustainable going forward? So that's kind of like, there's always something else <laughs> that you kind of think through. You're completely right. You're always just going to face a new challenge depending on the decisions that you make. And I mean, you know, the only way to stay stuck in life is to keep doing the same thing. So at some point we have to just give ourselves permission to like do something that just feels completely freaking scary. Yeah, without risk. I mean, and that's the thing. Everything I've done that has did like changed or leapfrogged me to something else. Another level has been a level of risk. Like you won't, and it, it could be calculated, right? Like, so I don't, I don't say that people should just like quit their jobs. If there's no plan. <laughs> Some people are able to do that and it works. Um, I know for me though, like calculated risk and investing in yourself, that's the only route to getting out of where you are now to where you want to be. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Okay. So I want to ask you because I'm a firm believer that financial independence and entrepreneurship are two ways that women of color can combat the systemic oppression that is kind of baked into the American system, if you will. Um, one, because entrepreneurship, the income is limitless. So we're not subject to employers that are capping our, our salaries and keeping us where we're perpetuating the wealth gap and the, the pay gap, essentially. And then, you know, financial independence, you don't have to deal with somebody's shit at work because at the end of the day, you're not working for money. So I would love to know, like, do you feel like financial independence is something that women of color especially need to be paying attention to more? And like, why? Yes, yes to all that, you know, and there is kind of um, like I understand like money. It's funny. People without people who have a lot of money that say like money won't fix all your problems. It's kind of like, all right, give me all your monies and then, you know, you know no more problems. So <laughs> But I think um, it's really important. Like there are some things that are outside of our control and, you know, as a system, you know, uh, working on policy changes and overall need to change. And then there are things that we can control. Um, And so I think it's really important to focus on the things that we can control 
Um, and yes, even our incomes, even though that is sometimes directed by other people, a lot of it also stems from mindset and habits and all these things that I feel like are in our control, um, regardless of what's going on around us. And so when it comes to financial independence, putting ourselves in better positions to walk away from things that are just not serving us or are harmful. So that could be a relationship as women, right? Like not feeling stuck or tied to uh, you know, a partner because they have nowhere to go because they have no money or a job that doesn't treat you right. And so financial independence, while it's a lofty goal, like this concept that you'll have enough money that you never have to work again, I think is great. It's almost just like that's the big carrot that like I do hang and tell people to, to chase. But the thing that they have to get through to get there puts them on a path to more freedom right away. So, cause you got to pay off debt, you got to get more smarter with your money and you know, you got to earn more or at least work to earn more. So all these things put you in a better position to have more options. And so I think for us, people of color, women, it's really important to be on this journey. Even if you're in your head like, well, I love my job and I don't see myself ever stopping to quit and work. I mean, anyone that I've talked to that reached financial independence, they're like still working, right? It's like, but they're choosing what they want to do. In fact, they're actually making more money probably than when they were working on for someone else. So this is something that everyone I think should be on the path to. And I think when we have more money, as women, people of color, like we can give back to our communities. We can employ, if we have businesses, entrepreneurship, people that look like us, because we are more likely to hire people that look like us. Um, and so this is like a gift, not only that you're giving to yourself, but like really in a way to help our surrounding, you know, families and communities to help them on the path too. Mm, I love that. I have goosebumps. <laughs> All right. So uh, one question I have for you is around self-care, right? There's a lot of emphasis on kind of mental health and self-care and all these things. But I also love the concept of financial self-care. And I'm curious as to what that means to you. Yeah, this is good. So I wrote a couple like um, articles that I did like IGTV about this. And, you know, there's like, there's like two sides. I think financial self-care, um, and one of the ways I talked about it was in managing your money, right? Because Money seeps into every area of our lives. Um, and some people like to talk about it like us and some people don't. Like they avoid it and they're just like, I'll deal with it another time. And so I think when you are paying attention to your finances, having a, you know, a system, a budget system or a financial freedom plan, if you want to call it something different, if you don't like the word budget, it's important because having clarity even if you're not where you want to be is because a lot of people, they're in like a fog. They don't want to like look at what's going on. And that adds to stress. That adds to more just not feeling good. And so I do think implementing systems in your life, like having clarity about your money and your goals, working towards it. You don't have to have it all figured out is self-care because ultimately it impacts every part of your life. So there's that. And then I also think there's another side of it where it's investing in ourselves, using our money to make us feel better um, or to provide a level of comfort or to save us time. So, you know, I would say like as, you know, a busy entrepreneur and a mom, I feel like before where I'd be like, oh, I want to save that money. It's like, I'd rather invest that. I'd rather, you know, if I can afford to have someone come in and help clean the house like twice a month, I'm going to spend that money. Uh, if I could, like my, one of my goals would be to have someone help me prepare meals <laughs> um, and invest in that. Right. So that to me is a form of self-care because for me, my time and energy is important. So self-care means spending money on the things that help save my energy and time. But financially, I have to be in a place to be able to do that. And so for some people, you know, they may be thinking, well, you know, it would be great to have help um, and balancing like their goals, like they're, you know, paying off debt, saving versus like investing and spending in other areas. And, you know, as I further get on this journey and um, lean into this, I think it's actually more important to invest in ourselves in this way, because then it frees up our capacity, our energy, so that we can put it towards our business and our, um, you know, earning more, right? I think that is really connected to money, how we feel and how much we're investing in ourselves. Yeah, I absolutely agree with you. And I think one of the hallmarks of the financial independence movement is like pushing this idea of value-based spending, just really being intentional about where you're spending your money and is it actually doing something positive for you versus like, are you just spending money because you see how everybody else is spending it and it's not even aligned with what you actually care about? Right, right. And, you know, I love the value-based spending because also it's going to be different for everybody, right? Like what you care about and want to spend on is going to be different for me. And that's the other thing I want to like uh, be a different voice in the financial independent space. And it's funny because I find more people 
do think like us. And it's not, I think you had a really great post about, it's like, not about like not wanting to spend money. Like actually I want to live well, like I want to live well. Like, and I think that's what turns people off. It's just like the balance between whatever their well means, like living well means like that means nice vacations, nice cars, but still being on this path of financial independence, you know, fat fire, like where you are, like you're working and saving and investing and meaning fat fire, meaning you have more than enough to live the lifestyle you want versus this very frugal one, if that's not what you want. And I just think it's important to, to tell people like, it's okay to want things that, you know, other people would say it's wasteful if you want it. And it's like not judgment on, okay. And you want it because you want it. I know sometimes it's like, we want it because it's like in style or it is based on perception of what other people feel about us. But if you like the nice cars, the nice bag, then Build that into your financial independence plan. It may take you longer to, you know, to get certain things and to reach freedom. But if, if that matters to you, then there's a way to build it in. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I love that. Okay. So I am a big believer in um, mindset kind of being the foundation of, you know, any kind of uh, revolutionary change you're going to make to your your money. So I would love to know, do you have an abundance or some sort of money mantra that you live by? Yeah. Um, I, there's so many, like I find so many that I'm just like, Oh, that's so good. I'd say yes to mindset. That's a key to everything. I mean, if you think you can, you can, if you think you can't, you can't. Um, and so if, if we're being real, I feel like most of our time should be spent on mindset and then that the earning more, the spending in alignment will also come by default when you focus on mindset and you're clear about who you are and what you need to to be happy. But I like um, some of the phrases that just come to mind are you, um, what you appreciate appreciates. So um, you focus, you, you see what you focus on. I, I, they might, I might be messing that up a bit, but I'm really a big believer on whatever you focus on will persist. And so if you're making a situation, even a job. So I know this was very big for me. Once I found out about financial independence, it was like a gift and a curse. It was like, oh my gosh, like there's another world out here. But wow, it's going to take me six more years. Then it made me like more like just aware, like, you know, you wake up and then now everything's just annoying about your job because now it's going to take you so long to get there. Right. And so and I know there are people listening that are in that situation. Like they're like, great. Now I know about this thing, but it's going to take feel like it's going to take me forever to do it. And then they kind of dislike their situation even more. And that to me is like living hell, because then you're stuck in this place that you feel is like. Um, you know, like a, almost like a prison. And so I feel like that's why you got to focus on how mindset wise, what can you do today to feel good? And so, yeah, like whether it's affirmations, but not just saying it, but believing it and putting yourself in situations and environments, maybe that feel good, focusing on what feels good is really important to help with your just overall mental health. Absolutely. It's all connected guys. Yes. Yes. (laughs) All right. So one more question before we wrap this up. So if you had to leave everyone with one final thought around if they're thinking about financial independence, but they're just overwhelmed with how to start, what advice would you give them? Yeah. And I definitely could see how that's possible for a lot of people. So one of the things I did in my content um, was break down the steps or stages to get to financial independence because I thought it would make it more uh, achievable for people. So I have five stages that I talk about, like stage one, and I relate it back to kind of like the launch concept is the uh, explorer stage. So that's like someone who's really just in the red every month. Like, you know, it's really unorganized and they can't like pay for their expenses. Like it's really, they're just like opening up their eyes to this. Um, And so someone in that stage, if you're listening, um, is you really focusing on like at least being able to cover your expenses. And that's a win, right? Like not being in in the red every month, Um, you know, being able to at least manage what you currently have. And then, so the next stage after that, after you're able to do that, if you have debt is like the debt payoff stage or the cadet stage. Like, okay, now let's work on paying off your debt. And a lot of people are in this stage, you know, and you could decide there are some debts that you don't maybe not are aggressively paying off, like a mortgage or high, you know, low interest, high balance student loan. Like you may just decide to manage that over time and it's not going to be aggressively paying off. So, you know, you focus on a debt payoff plan while investing a little bit right in that stage. The third stage I call the aviator stage. That's where you are mostly debt free, consumer debt free, and you can now work on investing and saving as much as possible. 
And so, you know, for someone who doesn't have as much debt, now you can start maxing things out. You can, you know, focus on growing your assets. And then the fourth stage is the commander stage. So that's where someone is having work flexibility or is working towards that. So I'm in that stage myself where I'm, you know, I, we haven't reached financial independence. We still need to bring in a level of income, but I have the option if I wanted to take a break, I could, you know, that I have flexibility. And then the final stage is the captain stage. That's the ultimate. That's the financial independence you've achieved, you know, the pie in the sky, like thing that we're all achieving. And so if you're overwhelmed, it, breaking up the stages and looking at it in that way, like shows you that, yes, it's, you know, there's levels to this, but within each level, you can win, you can find points to check off and, you know, feel proud of yourself um, for doing it. And so that's, you know, how I'd hopefully help people see how they can it. move ahead. <laughs> Yeah, that, that's a great way to conceptualize it. And it, it's so important to realize that it's like, it is going to take time, it is going to take intentionality, and it's gonna, there are steps, there are levels to this, y'all. Like, that's just the real thing. You know, you, the first thing is like, even finding out that this is possible, right? So if you're listening to this podcast, and this is the first time you're hearing about financial independence, now's your invitation to start Googling this stuff, right? Start looking up content from Jamila, from myself, from so many other people who are in this space, and just really start envisioning that for yourself, because you have to believe that it's possible before you even start actively working towards it. Yeah. And I think that's like the beauty of like Janice, like with your platform and just like mine and other people, it's like you, you see people who are doing this too. And again, maybe it's not, you don't have the same exact scenario or situation that we have. So that you have to account for other things, but I just feel like it's really important to see more people who look like us, like the diverse voices talking about this in this space, you know, from different backgrounds um, and to help guide people on this. Um, so, yes, yes to all that. If you are listening <laughs> to this, you are already winning. Like, seriously, some people don't even know this is a thing. Like, <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah, absolutely. Jamila, this conversation has been amazing. I I cannot sing your praises enough. Um, just thank you for being here. And for folks that want to find out more about you and follow your journey, where can we find you? Yes, this was amazing. Thanks so much for this. I uh, can be found wherever you listen to this podcast. You can search for the Journey to Launch podcast. You go to journeytolaunch.com um, for more information. And then I'm on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at Journey to Launch. Um, I mostly hang out on Instagram. So if you're listening to this, screenshot, like it, you know, tag myself, tag Janice to let us know what you thought, your biggest takeaways. I always love hearing um, like what people got from something and then become a journeyer. So if you want to journey with me to financial independence, now you're a journeyer. <laughs> Absolutely. Oh, can you tell us also about the course that you have on financial independence? Yes, yes. So one of the things that I created um, because, you know, so many people were asking me like, okay, how did you figure this out? How do you create this plan? And you're so flexible with it too. Like, it seems like you're able to like kind of figure things out on the fly or just plan out a different path than most people. And so I created like this 10 step framework that allows you literally to figure out like where you are right now and how you're going to get to financial independence, but in a flexible way. And so the course is the map your path to financial independence course. You can find out more about it by going to journey to launch dot com slash fi course um it may or may not be open by the time if you're like listening to this but get on the wait list and you know it's really a great program because you know i have i have this um, tool that i think is amazing i can't wait one day for it to like i don't know be an app but it's literally the thing i use to map out and show my husband one to get him on board with this idea of how much we can save and invest over time and not just like but like how could our you know what if we wanted to like take a break so me quitting my job i use this tool too if we didn't invest for four years where would we end up if we had and we are earning more money in five years how could that impact our journey and so that's part of the course too where you know you're able to map out based on your own life and goals what to do to get you from point a where you are now to ultimately financial independence so yes thank you for bringing that up Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's such a great opportunity to really like hone in on what your independent plan would look like. Because, you know, like we said, this, this is all really a journey that you have to go on. And it has to feel like it makes sense for you. So know what your options are, know what the possibilities are, inform yourself, make that plan. And uh, we'll see you on the other side. Yes, (laughs) yes. Love it. Thank you so much, Jamil. This has been an honor. Thank you. I hope this episode has you feeling pumped to start pursuing your journey to financial independence 
and buying back your time and your freedom. There is nothing that I want for you more than to just be able to live the life that you've always imagined. I really do believe that that starts when you decide that you want more. So start taking steps today to make this possible for yourself, whether that's getting a budget, paying off debt, investing a little bit more, contributing to your 401k, starting a side hustle. There are so many steps that you can start taking today to start feeling powerful and in control of your money and your destiny. So if you want to hear more about financial independence or you have questions, I'd love for you to email me your questions at ask, that's A-S-K, at yoquierodineropodcast.com. If you're lucky, we'll answer your questions on an upcoming episode. So until next time, stay free, stay fly, and stay poderosa. On the Yo Quiero Dinero podcast and associated entities, all information provided is for general information purposes only and does not constitute accounting, legal, tax, or other professional advice. Listeners should not act upon the content or information found here without first seeking appropriate advice from an accountant, financial planner, lawyer, or other professional. We assume no responsibility for information contained on this podcast and associated entities and disclaim all liability with respect to such information, including but not limited to any liability for errors, inaccuracies, omissions, or misleading or defamatory statements. Usage of this podcast and associated contents constitutes an explicit understanding and acceptance of the terms of this disclaimer. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you.